This is A Better Night's Sleep, a podcast about sleep, sleep disorders, and evidence-based treatment from military health sleep experts. I'm Dr. Julie Kinn with the Defense Health Agency. And I'm Dr. John Olin, sleep medicine physician. John, today we have a really interesting listener question that I think could be helpful for a lot of different duties in our military community. Hi, docs. Later this year, I'm going to start a weird schedule. Two weeks of duty at night, followed by my regular day shift schedule for about six weeks. Repeat. Any suggestions for how to prepare for a night shift? Very respectfully, Kim. Good question, and not just a military issue, but a general issue. As you know, many Mm -hmm. people do uh, night shift work and variable shift work. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have any silver bullet or simple answers to this. In general, brains want to sleep at night. We reviewed earlier that sleep is an active brain state and brains want to Mm -hmm. sleep at night. With uh, today's world, healthcare, military, customer service, et cetera, people are asked to work during the night. Right. But there are some steps that people can do that can assist and make this an easier transition. First is overall try to practice reasonable or good sleep hygiene, the CBTI, things that we discussed earlier. So that would mean having a cool bedroom during sleep period. Definitely look at getting blackout shades or at least eye shades that you'd wear like if you were on an airplane. Going home and sleeping in uh, moderate to bright light would obviously be highly problematic. So limiting caffeine, exercise, Considering a uh, 15, 20-minute nap prior to work may be reasonable so that one Mm. could be more alert or alert during the day. In general, for insomnia, we recommend against naps, but for shift work, getting a briefer nap may be helpful and help with the shift uh, with alertness during that shift. Regular exercise can be useful. So those are some things that are in general may be helpful. Post-shift, so say getting off at work and then driving home, people would want to have good sunglasses. I think earlier mentioned about melatonin. That's a sleep hormone or a dark hormone that's released by the brain, specifically by the pineal gland in the brain. That release is inhibited by light, and that assists with sleep. So if I work all night, get off, and especially if I'm driving home east, but anyway, if I'm outside during sunlight and then go home and without sunglasses, I've inhibited the release of my melatonin. So that's why good good sunglasses, wraparound sunglasses may be helpful. No, that makes perfect sense. Here's my question. It sounds like that's good advice if you're planning on going to sleep immediately after work, or would you recommend that no matter what, just during your off-duty hours when you're outside to try to limit your exposure to sun? Certainly after, immediately after work, for sure. Okay. And then, you know, if they are driving to work, I don't have a problem with them getting sunlight. That's fine. They don't need right. to be releasing melatonin on their way to work. Okay. So, but just to, not, to try to assist their body and their brain to recognize or to be thinking or to have the experience that it is, in fact, nighttime or their nighttime or time to prepare for sleep. So that may be useful. Some people on shift work will take melatonin, half a milligram to one milligram to 
up to two or three milligrams uh, an hour or two before going to sleep. And uh, although in general, there's not strong data for sleep meds for longer term insomnia, there is data and it is an approved indication, approved use for an alerting med. These can be used for people with, with shift work that can assist with alertness during that shift time. They can review, if, I don't know if they're making their shift or review with their supervisor. In general, it works better for people to shift what's called clockwise. So they would start off with, say, working nights and then work. Their next shift would be days and then their next shift may be swing shift with later evenings versus going in reverse counterclockwise with working nights, then swing shift, then days. That's in general harder for people to adapt to. Interesting. Yeah, so there may be some options. Is that an absolute huge difference? No, but it can Mm -hmm. make it somewhat or modestly easier for them to adapt to that. Sounds like really being planful is the main point here. Thinking about preparing for sleep a couple hours ahead of time, making sure you're limiting caffeine, limiting sunlight, and doing that bedtime ritual kind of stuff, even though it's during the day. Yes, exactly. And exactly. And so being planful is important because, frankly, you're asking your brain to do something that's unnatural. This may not be the best analogy, but it, it's kind of like pushing water uphill. You can. Mm-hmm. You have to be very organized. You know, you'll have to have a squeegee and push. Uh, its natural tendency is to flow downhill. Brain's natural tendency is to sleep at night. You know, with dark, you can sleep during the day, but you have to be a bit more planful and a bit more vigilant. And along that, and this is not that many people or not everyone will do this, but including on off days, trying to stick with some semblance of that same schedule. Oh, that's a good point. It's obviously very challenging to just do two days night shift, then five days, be days, and then two days night shift. That's going to be super challenging for people or three and three or three and four, et cetera. So planning around that as much as reasonably possible can be useful too. I bet our firefighters and our long-distance pilots could weigh in there. Yep. There's been research on this. And with some planning, you can help yourself, I'll say, modestly with this or moderately with this. But obviously, we in general, we want to sleep at night. We, we, our brains want to sleep at night. Okay, quick question for you. Let's say I know I'm going to start a new duty assignment that's going to require me to do one of these kinds of schedules. Would you recommend I do a little trial run the weekend before I actually go into work so that my, you know, I'm kind of getting ready for it. I know what to expect and I know what problems there are so I know whether to consult with a doc. For me personally, I wouldn't. I'm thinking about when I was on call. I definitely Mm -hmm. wanted to have good sleep for the week before, not go in there with a bad night of sleep two or three or five days before. That's a good point. Yeah, I personally wouldn't. But if a person has never stayed up past 2 or 3 or 4 a.m., then they could consider that. But I I try to get as good a sleep as I can beforehand so I can do that, you know, more rested. Is this one of those things that changes with age? I know I've heard people say, oh, I used to be able to do that really well, and now it takes a harder toll. I'm not sure if that's just apocryphal or if it really is harder to make these changes as we age. Uh, There's significant data that it is. You look at uh, interrupting, say, a teen and their ability to get back to sleep. For example, the on-call stuff. We don't ask. In fact, in my speaking with peers, uh, physician peers, 
many of them in their 60s are saying, wow, this call thing is just way tougher than it used to be. I mean, on, just right. on a personal note, I remember in my 20s with call, someone would say, hey, how was call last night? I was like, oh, great. I, I, uh, I was able to get three hours of sleep. Oh, you know? my yeah. Now, if I got three hours of sleep, I'd probably have trouble finding my car keys, you know, right. in the morning. Right. So our brains are not able to sustain the same kinds of, frankly, brain sleep waves that they could when we were younger. Look at a young child. I mean, they fall asleep in a car, you know, so quickly, mm-hmm. and they stay asleep soundly, et cetera. And as we get older, no, we're not able to adapt to the kind of sleep schedule changes and interruptions as easily. Any other advice that you'd share with someone who does shift work or or who's always doing night work? Be planful, as I think you said. I'd also, mm-hmm. uh, this is just... Well, I don't think it's just me. I think there's data. I'd be mindful of of how you eat. Um, I think um, some people doing shift work will tend to gain weight, which obviously they can make other sleep disorders worse, including specifically I'm thinking of obstructive sleep apnea. So don't don't need that either. Um, As we get stressed, we sometimes don't make the best dietary choices. So exercise, I think some of the things we talked about earlier, definitely recommend, I think I've said this before, is don't drive when sleepy. People with shift work are obviously at risk for car accidents. And it's one thing to get a little drowsy at at, uh, 7 p.m. or 1900 when you're at home. It's another thing to get a little drowsy with a three or 4,000 pound piece of metal that you're driving on the road. That's good advice. Take a 20-minute nap if you need to before heading home, et cetera. I think we're not always the best judges of how tired we are, how how much we've drunk before driving. I know that's an area where people lack judgment as well. But especially just really, am I too tired and is this going to impair the driving when someone might just feel the impulse to head home as fast as they can? It's a significant issue and there's all kinds of data about actually death that's associated with this, Mm -hmm. morbidity and mortality, actual deaths with people driving. So again, you know, it's one thing to nod off sitting on your couch watching TV. It's another thing to nod off when driving a vehicle where a second or two or three is difference between staying on the road and being off the road. Well, maybe a good task for everybody is get your nap essentials ready in your vehicle so that you could take a 20-minute nap if you needed to. It's exactly, and it can be a matter of life and death for people. So um, exactly something to really consider. Thank you so much, John. A Better Night's Sleep podcast is produced by the Defense Health Agency. Please get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter at Military Health. Thank you so much for subscribing and rating us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope this information has been helpful and that you get a better night's sleep. I'm Dr. Christina Armstrong. And I'm Dr. Julie Ken. Join us for Next Generation Behavioral Health, 10-minute tips for modernizing patient care. Our team develops health technologies to support service members, veterans, and their families. We also train clinicians on how to use technology in clinical care. In this podcast, we'll answer the common questions we hear. Advice on safety issues, ethics, cultural issues, and how to protect patient privacy. Stay tuned for Next Generation Behavioral Health as we take you through all this and more. 